0: Hi everybody, this is Dan Walker. Welcome to another edition of U.S. Law Radio. Gray goose with a couple of blue cheese olives sounds pretty enticing, doesn't it? But in the world of litigation, there are many downsides we need to be aware of, namely dram shop liability. With liquor liability lawsuits resulting in millions of dollars in damages all over the nation these days, there are growing tensions between risk management and the business side of retail organizations that serve alcohol. Brian Donnelly and Mike Rabus, partners in the Manhattan offices of Amity, Demur, and McManus, are standing by to walk us through what we need to know about dram shop liability and litigation. Brian and Mike, welcome into U.S.
1: Law Radio. Good to be here, you, Dan.
0: Brian, why don't you start things off for us? What's the dram shop headline?
1: Well, the thing that I'll say on an overall basis is, is dram shop liability, which in a very basic level involves restaurants, bars other establishments that serve alcohol to a visibly intoxicated patron lead to some of the most outrageously high verdicts against tavern owners and restaurants uh, across the country. So this is a a topic that's really a hot topic for those in the restaurant business.
0: Mike, can you give us an example of some significant cases that have come up recently on a national basis concerning bar and restaurant owners being sued for dram shop and liquor liability?
2: you don't have to go any further than last month in uh Florida there was a and hold on to your hat for this one a seven hundred and sixteen million dollar verdict arising out of a wrongful sale of alcohol to a minor that resulted in the death of a police officer pretty significant now the the bottom line for us on the defense and is that Lloyd's of London was successful in its declaratory action and avoided coverage for that so It was uh, unfortunate for the family of the decedent, but that was quite an eye-opener. Then there was another case in Alabama in uh, April of 2011, also involving a police officer who had been shot dead by an intoxicated employee of a bar. And again, more recently, there was a $16 million verdict in Connecticut as a result of over-service. But there, you have to look at what state you're dealing with. In Connecticut... There is a $250,000 statutory cap on Tram Shop Awards. So even though the verdict said that he was entitled to $16 million, the legislature had capped at 250000
0: This is some pretty serious stuff, yes?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, something that we all
1: have to be aware of.
0: So what role does the investigation of these cases play, Brian? As in surveillance footage, register data?
1: You know, in today's world, and particularly with national chains, most of the interior of restaurants are under video surveillance. And one of the things that would be critical to defense attorneys like Mike and I in investigating dram shop or liquor liability case would be to obtain the surveillance footage from the day or evening in question, which might, you know, document exactly what transpired at the bar. And, you know, to be able to obtain the videotape might have positive or negative ramifications, but it certainly could be considered among the best evidence of what transpired. And the other thing that you'll see, you mentioned registered data, is As I said, it may not be the case with your sort of local mom and pop tavern, but in the case of a national or even regional chain, the register holds a tremendous amount of data about what was consumed at a bar or table for that matter on a particular day. Most chains, for instance, number the seats at the bar to correspond to a given patron. And so when a lawsuit comes in, if you're able to track down where the intoxicated or allegedly intoxicated person was sitting at the bar, you might be able to, by virtue of registered data, find out exactly how much they consumed, over what period of time they consumed, the manner in which they paid, when they sat down and had their first drink, and when they left the bar, all of which would be you know, very critical in defending the the restaurant bar in the case.
0: Have you ever seen it get so out of hand that a proprietor would just throw his or her hands up in the air and say, this just isn't worth it? Does it ever get to that point or do they feel like they're covered?
1: The reality here is this, is that, you know, alcohol sales are an important source of revenue for any restaurant or bar. That's the business that they're in, to run a profitable restaurant and bar. The whole issue when it comes to dram shop or liquor liability is responsibly serving alcohol, and that's something that every tavern and any place that serves liquor is is a topic of great importance to them.
2: Well, I can tell you certainly, Dan, that in the case of this uh, Hillsborough County, Florida, place that found themselves without insurance and was hit for $700 million, I, I would imagine that guy threw his hands up.
0: That was a pretty crazy case. Are there any other cases that just strike you as being outrageous? You know, like a McDonald's, hot coffee in the lap kind of ridiculous, Mike?
2: Well, you know what's interesting to me, practicing law in in the state of New York, our sister on the other uh, end of uh, the continent, California, very often follows what we do. But the legislature in California, and this isn't exactly what you were asking for, but they've eliminated actions statutorily on the theory that the sale is not the proximate cause but the consumption of the alcohol so the very basis of these liquor law liability cases in that well you cause this person to act negligently by over serving them has been rejected by the california legislature
0: that's some good news Well, I guess we're at the point where the rubber meets the road. What kind of actions on a national basis is the industry, that is the bar and restaurant owners, doing to combat some of these cases?
2: Well, what they're trying to do is, as Brian said, serve alcohol responsibly and develop responsible alcohol-serving policies. Some time ago, about 1982, someone affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous developed a TIPS alcohol training program. Now, TIPS isn't what we would think to ensure proper service, although that fits. What they call it is training for intervention procedures and what they do is a 100% online training program for people involved in the restaurant and tavern industries where they try to give you the tools that you need to recognize the problems and address them as they arise.
0: Brian, let me ask you, is TIPS a mandatory certification, or is that a way you can protect yourself? Do bar and restaurant owners feel that they're more protected if they've gone through the training?
1: In some states, they actually do require the restaurant owner or tavern owner to have their Employees who are in a position to serve uh, alcohol undergo some sort of a structured program about the, you know, the responsible service of alcohol. And what you see is, in particular, as I as discussed earlier, with national chains, they will implement their own in-house policies about the responsible service of alcohol, and they'll sort of integrate that at times not only with with their own in-house policy, but with also sending their employees for the tips being one type of uh, training that's out there for formal training in the service of alcohol, to to observe for the signs of intoxication, to alert a manager in the event that continued alcohol service is being denied to a patron, to call a taxi for a patron, etc. It's really, for the tavern owner and for the restaurant owner, it's all about serving alcohol responsibly and not serving to what we would say is a visibly intoxicated person.
0: Mike, do you have anything you want to add to that?
2: Just that you have to be aware of uh, the flip side of this, which is if you've established this type of policy and have done the training, and then there is evidence at trial that your own or the TIPs type of procedures were not followed, then that's going to be a smoking gun in the plaintiff's hand.
0: Right, exactly. So let's wrap things up here. I'm a tavern owner, and I've found myself in a terrible situation. kind of looks like the weight of the world is going to be on my shoulders with a lawsuit. What's the move, Brian?
1: The move is really, in all these cases, is early investigation. Obviously, as we've already covered here, these cases can have dramatic ramifications for the, the tavern owner, can lead to huge verdicts. Early investigation is a key in these matters. One of the reasons why that is, or perhaps the most important reason that is, is that many employees in taverns are sort of transients. They might work at a given bar or restaurant for a few months and they move on. These people have to be tracked down and interviewed right away. So really the most important thing is early investigation.
0: Mike, do you go along with everything he just said?
2: Absolutely. The idea of making sure you know what actually occurred the evening or the day of the event as soon as you can is going to help you because sometimes these actions aren't brought until a year after the happening of the accident. But you as a a tavern owner have to put into place a policy where you record any incident that might arise into a liability situation so that you identify the employees that were on duty that time, talk to them, even if you're not aware of a, a case being brought, so that later if the case is brought, you've got one step ahead.
0: Brian, wrap all this up for us, if you would. Do we know everything now that we should about dram shop litigation and dismantling the plaintiff's case?
1: We certainly have covered some of the highlight reels that concern this uh, topic. And as I said, for for these national retailers and restaurant uh, chains, while alcohol service is an important source of revenue, there's there's obviously the potential for considerable liability. So there's there's always that tension between the running of a profitable restaurant and bar, and on the other hand, the risk management concerns for what a plaintiff attorney would argue was the irresponsible service of alcohol.
0: And Mike, if we want to learn more on the subject, can you point us in the right direction?
2: Well, certainly your local U.S. law attorney would be the person to look to Myself and Brian in New York, of course, and any one of our member firms throughout the country. And I, that is really what I was going to say because the laws throughout the United States are very, very differently. Like we said, that Connecticut $250,000 statutory cap. Illinois has a, a $45,000 statutory cap. You've got to be very state sensitive when you're dealing with these things and don't assume that the laws all are the same throughout the country.
0: Brian and Mike, thank you both so much for shining your spotlight on the subject. We look forward to talking to you both again here on U.S. Law Radio. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. That is it, folks. We're out of time. U.S. Law Radio is produced by Roger Yaffe. Send your comments and show ideas his way because he loves to hear from you. This edition of U.S. Law Radio has been brought to you by SCA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts working nationwide since 1970, and by Wrangler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. This is Dan Walker. Thanks so much for listening in, folks, and we'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of U.S. Law Radio.